Just at the top here, I just want to say, uh, if you notice a sort of sea-soaked trousers energy coming from the record today, that's just because I was standing on the rocks. I was kind of trying to dash myself upon the rocks in a pleasant way and got a little bit, my, my pant got a little bit of uh, that soggy stuff on it. So just if you notice that, that's what that is. My jaw is on the floor at how inappropriate everything you just said sounded despite being very clear cut and not even really like an analogy or anything <laughs> oh roots gonna have a field day with that okay you ready i sure am hello are you are your pants actually like is the leg of your pants actually wet right now uh, this actually did happen it i mean it's not it's not actively wet <laughs> this was a couple hours ago but i d- genuinely did get quite soggy okay I would never lie to our listeners. <laughs> I really hope this isn't going out to our listeners. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't concentrate. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Game Jelly. This is the show where we design a game in real time. I am Tiran Costello. I'm a designer and composer and I'm coming to you from a little island in Sweden. And I'm Keating Shimeri. I'm an artist and a designer and I've been looking everywhere for this podcast. I swear it takes me like two weeks every time just to find it. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make a new game every single day. But Keating's just Keating's just always lost in the supermarket with it. Ben Folds reference right at the top there. Love it. Keating, who wrote Lost in the Supermarket? I'm right. It's not Ben Folds. He did a cover of that for Over the Hedge. That's correct. (laughs) I can't tell you who who wrote it. Okay. I can just tell you that in our house, it was only played against my will. Shit. <laughs> it's a good song. It's Ben Folds' cover is really good. Ben Folds' cover is really good. Of that song that's famously by... And then Ruth, can you punch in? I'm going to send you who it's by because I don't... Is it The Clash? I don't think it's The Clash. Yeah, just give us a couple reads on educated guesses, and then we can pick the right one. (laughs) True, that's actually a really good idea. The Strokes, (laughs) Radiohead, Coldplay, The Benfolds Five. Um, it is the Clash. I was right. I was right. Wow. I'm a genius. Today we're actually coming to you much earlier in the process of this idea because basically I had a I have a concept I really want to work with. But as I've been trying to turn it into a pitch, the thing I keep thinking is the only person who I would want to talk to to help me turn this into a pitch would be Keating. But Keating's the person I have to pitch it to. So we're trying something a little different in this episode of I'm just going to throw this concept out there, throw this dynamic out there and see if we can come up with something interesting with it together. The thing I really want to work with is the sort of interstellar-esque concept of relativity and light speed travel leading to vastly different scopes of time between players and and i think there are a few ways of going about this so like i've considered having a multiplayer game where the speed at which time passes is drastically different and they're collaborating have you i'm asking rhetorically have you seen interstellar (laughs) no okay i know um Uh that was not yeah, no, that was a different movie from the movie Gravity, which I have seen some of for my physics class because my physics t- professor sent us just a Google Drive for a fully separate class that just had some movies that had to do with physics in it. <laughs> and he said, watch any of these. That was the only thing he ever t- He never taught an actual class. <laughs> yeah. Just sends out a mass email. 
Okay. Um, Interstellar. I welcome back to the movie review podcast, everyone. I'm not going to give my whole take on Interstellar. I think the narrative device it uses is gorgeous. That is kind of the extent of my thoughts on it. And I think the robot design is one of the most like brilliant things I've ever seen in a movie in terms of just design elements. So, so the thing I'm lifting from it, I'm not lifting the robot from this movie. I'm lifting from it just this, this narrative device of light speed travel leading to different time frames. This partially comes from, I'm working on my thesis right now, which is about time and games. But yeah, I was thinking you could have this multiplayer element of two players with different time frames. You could also have a, a single player game. I was kind of thinking a single player game where you play as two different characters at the same time are sort of alternating between each other and one of them is in a much faster time frame against the other which could be really cool if you don't i just occurred to me if you don't know the theory of (laughs) i was gonna ask for clarification about this oh no (laughs) oh no okay einstein just explain it einstein essentially and this might not be this is how it is used narratively i don't know necessarily claim to be an expert on relativity Essentially, the idea is that a person traveling at light speed, time will pass slower for them relative to a person who's not traveling at light speed, which is to say that if I were to start running right now and I'm really fast, um, I can run at light speed. If I were to start running right now and I went at my light speed speed, um, when I returned back to the podcast, Keating would be an old man and he would have already made all the podcast episodes and I would just be getting started. I'd just be on episode 10 by now. So that's kind of the idea. Right. I would have had to pivot to my solo Game Jelly spinoff, Jar Half Full. That's really good. Yo. <laughs> Keep an eye out on your podcatcher for it, folks. Oh my god. And mine would be called Jar Half Empty. <laughs> that's really good. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Forget about coming up with the pitch for this game. Come up with the pitch for these podcast yeah okay okay well welcome to this behind the scenes look at how we just came up with our new patreon series uh wow that's really good link in the description it's totally free by the way our patreon does not cost any money we're basically using it as just a website don't tell the folks at patreon that we don't want to pay squarespace exactly it's just a little home base unless squarespace wants to pay us so that's the pitch. Something to do with relativity. Some framing device. I was picturing like this kid's parents. One of them went at light speed and the other didn't. And that's just an element of his life. In Interstellar, it's pretty devastating. And I don't I don't even want to talk about it. But yeah, so it's like one person aging much more rapidly, experiencing things really differently from this other person. So, okay. That's really interesting. Because the... The multiplayer thing is really fascinating, but I kind of can't figure out if that's possible to do in a real way or if it's or if you'd have to do some sort of faking how that works, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just do some quick calculations to see if that works. Quantum physicist check. I really like that idea. I kind of feel like we should keep it to single player just to keep it simpler. <laughs> Let's run with single player. Yes. Okay. So then I feel like, first of all, this could just be a really interesting story uh, element. If this game is taking place over different time scales or, or like in different time frames so that, you know, you could follow like in the case of 
meeting someone who has lived a full life over the course of your lightspeed journey. I'm sorry, now I'm just scared that I'm going to say something and a quantum physicist is going to bust down my door and be like, that's not how that works. I know. That was my fear with pitching this as a concept. It's magic, folks. We're not, it's, we're using it as a sort of magical jumping off point. Straight up. Um, but doing something that's just a story told at these different moments in time and then you're following this one character who is using this a whole lot, but they're meeting people at really different points in their lives. The other thing that comes to mind immediately is just a Zelda-style puzzle game could be really interesting with this. I guess also we should think about why you'd want to travel at light speed, because getting between planets is sort of the obvious one, but it could be interesting to think about what is the motivation to do that, or, or if that even is the thing you're trying to move between in the first place in the movie interstellar they're looking for resources they're going around looking for resources for the to make the earth more habitable so i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do that because that's what that movie does so i guess i do have one question for physicists which is if you did make a big whoopsie like that could you go so slow that you went back in time (laughs) i physicists don't don't uh... don't listen to this one. <laughs> Skip this one. If you haven't already, just just swipe over to episode eleven. Let me like pinch the episode right here and say there's a direction that we could go in that's purely mechanical of just like imagine Minecraft, but oh, that's interesting. Minecraft is a really good version for this. <laughs> yeah, of like you can move really 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 far in this world and collect resources from really 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 far away that you couldn't get near here even like on different planets but in doing so you subject the place that you came from to the sands of time you subject it to wear and tear basically a dice roll of what happens when all this time passes and then you don't have to deal with the human to human element like the character to character element it's purely mechanical And it's just an interesting push and pull of time versus space. You could also do fun stuff there with, you know, if you need a crop to grow or something like that, and it needs time, there could be advantages to passing a ton of time. But then, like you're saying, it also uh, subjects your area to the whims of of whatever forces uh, are at play. Right. On the other side of this coin, there is a purely narrative thing where you have no control over when you travel through space at light speed and and it makes time pass faster where you uh came from you have no control over that and those are just plot beats so basically just turning interstellar into a video game where you're you know landing on the planet and running and all this stuff sorry that was a terrible description of what interstellar is (laughs) they land on planets they run i just remember this scene where they're running that's all um, I think that's the only scene from Interstellar you've shown me is when they're running. It's so good. It's so good. It's such a good scene. What a weird movie. I would love to find the spot somewhere in between where you can make the, you can build kind of an emergent narrative from the mechanic of traveling in space makes time pass differently in different places and have characters age in interesting ways relative to one another. It's just very difficult to do. And I think there's probably an elegant solution. This is why it's interesting to just bring, I want to do a game that is like this to Game Jelly. Because it's like, I have a very clear goal for what I want the game to feel like. 
of having that moment of just looking into the eyes of someone and recognizing their eyes, but seeing how much they've changed as a person, even if their face looks the same. I love time skips in games. You might have been able to figure this out. Um, Having those beats would be so cool in a game like this, but doing it while also having mechanics that, that work this way would be so difficult because if you give the player too much agency, they can just destroy the world by traveling at light speed back and forth and back and forth. Something that might be interesting would be a game where like the first half is kind of building to we need this thing the first half builds to this climax of oh my god sorry to MacGuffin this but oh my god this thing is in the gamma quadrant and so one character goes your character goes and then it's a huge twist that you go back and there's been this time skip it wouldn't have even occurred to the player that this was a thing but it leads to this oh my god moment and that's the second half of the game another idea i had when i was thinking about this was it would be really interesting to have a story where some people plan this they know that these time frames are about to change but they miscalculate whose it's going to be so i think that i'm going to meet you and you're going to be much older but then i wait my whole life and i in that time realize oh my god we did the calculation wrong and you come and meet me and i'm an old man and we thought it was going to be the other way around. That's like a plot beat I've been imagining. A reveal for the player that they did this kind of purposeful space-time manipulation thing and messed it up. It could even be like that is kind of the starting point of one of the characters' stories. And it's like that was the last-ditch effort and now we're past the end game of like whatever they needed to do where they were willing to make this sacrifice, they messed up the relativity of it. Hey, this one's for you uh, theoretical physicists who have been shouting at your uh, audio players this whole time. Look, our characters don't even understand what's going on here. (laughs) I have to say, I was just thinking like, we'll have to thread a needle to figure out what characters are making decisions about this but don't understand how it's working. I think it can be that it's a totally unexplored field of science. And so they think they get it. But the beautiful thing about relativity is that it's the people relative to one another. You're moving light speed away from me, but I'm from a certain frame of view moving light speed away from you. And so it could be, it's entirely theoretical. It could just be a misunderstanding of what relativity is which uh kind of sums up the whole episode so that could be a pretty early point in this in this game that this calculation was made and then we just see our character waiting and then we have to switch to play as the other character because we because we realize they messed up and now you are the person who has this life ahead of you to solve whatever problem needed to be solved using this time jump Ooh, that I like. Yeah, that they planned on one of them having all this time to solve this issue. But it turned out that the other one is the one with all that time to solve the issue. That could lead to a really good sort of plot moment of they have the same amount of time. But from the player's perspective, it feels like the young one has more time. It, it can be kind of an expression of just realizing like, 
how abstract the idea of the past is, you know, because you could have a really important finding come from, oh, this other person knew. This other person figured out so much longer before I did. Oh my God, no, 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 no. They, so, so person A travels at light speed, assuming that they will come back and find person B to be very old. However, when they travel, they're the person whose, uh, whose time sort of speeds up for whatever reason, we we hire a physicist to to come up with the reason for that. Yeah, I'm not. That part's confusing too. But we, we but continue. Well, that's the point. Is that like it's just a mistake they make. It's a wormhole or something like that. They can't understand how this works. They are so certain in their calculations of this alternating sort of time frames thing. They're so certain in it that they don't they don't even question it. So person A has traveled, but they are the person who ages faster is what it kind of boils down to person B. <laughs> okay. Here's what I just realized. Person B is waiting. And a few seconds later, person A comes back, has a, a gray old beard and says, we messed up, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's somewhat comical, but you see what I'm saying. But I think there's something very scary and beautiful about person A realizing really quickly what's happened and being frantic oh my god i have no time to get back to this person you know what i mean i have no time like they suddenly realize that the end of their life of their natural life is possibly a limiting factor on this because they didn't realize that this was going to be a lifelong journey for them exactly so it could even just be like explained away as a phenomena of Oh, and in that moment, there was also a shift in the fabric of space that made the planet they came from move at like triple light speed or something like that. And they kind of detect this, but the person waiting there like doesn't. So yeah, it's a matter of days. You're on this space adventure. So the game is you're blasting off. Hey, welcome to the half hour mark in the episode where we decide what the game is. Uh, Hopefully, if Keating likes it. The game is you're setting up for this space adventure. You're like, oh, I've seen this. This is like interstellar. You go and you do this calculation and you realize really early on. So you say your tearful goodbye, you know, oh, when I see you, you're going to be an old, an old geezer and like that stuff. It's very emotional. You go and within a week you do this, you redo the calculation you could even have it kind of funny, but also like gut dropping. Yeah, okay, let's just double check this. Carry the two. Oh my God, we didn't carry the two. You know, they're out there and they suddenly realize, oh my God, if I turn around now, if I turn around right now, I might be able to make it. You know what I mean? So then what we need, what this is missing, the kind of like gem in the center of this is what the what the goal is, what this travel was for that's what i was just thinking is that's what uh that's the thing where i'm like we need to figure out why they can go back but also why they wanted to do this in the first place right 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 that that, that, there is this there is this crystal in the center of it but i think it will be golden if it's very early in this game that you suddenly realize i don't have a second to waste if i turn around now it'll be 60 years before i get back to earth and no time will have passed for them but yeah but we messed up big time 
and the other person can't possibly have figured it out because no time has passed for them there. And so, so whatever that thing is explains why you're so desperate to get back. But then the game is this like surviving on the spaceship and trying to move as fast as is humanly possible. You could even have like a second act climax thing of I can buy myself more time if I go faster and I actually alter the relativity of myself. And like you use this mistake you made and you redo the calculation and you find I can just barely make it. I can just barely offset this if I go through this stream that lets me go this much faster. And then the game is just a a space adventure survival game where you're the only per- It's like Voyager, like the Star Trek series Voyager, where you're the only person who knows that you're stranded, that you're in this desperate race against time. And meanwhile, everything's like happy-go-lucky back on Earth. So, okay, I think I like this. The two questions I have are, one, the premise of this pitch is that the physicists are literally the opposite of correct about how how physics works. You got it. Um, Listen, Keating, the physicists have been making fun of us this whole episode. It's time for us to get back at them. (laughs) This is revenge on the nerds over here. (laughs) Which I'm fine with. (laughs) <laughs> but I did just want to set that up at the beginning that this is saying theoretical physicists are idiots. <laughs> no, we're not stupid. You are. Um, the other question I have is if this is true that it's going to be a long time for the person in the spaceship and a short time for the rest of the universe, then if their initial calculation was based on the premise that it would take a really long time to get to their destination, why is it? scary to have to get there because that seems like suddenly the stakes drop a whole lot because there's no race to get there <laughs> drop all the way that's very smart and, and and that's that's kind of what i mean by like the the gem at the middle of this is that's a very good point that it's like oh i'm not in a race against time i have a million times as much time as i thought i did i know that there's something there because it it might just be oh i can't make it back oh my god no 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 it's that's simple that i think I think I'm not going to make it back. You thought, okay, even if I don't see this person again, I can still come back and save humanity. Let's okay. Let's make it a MacGuffin, right? There's the crystal of hope at the edge of the galaxy and the crystal of hope will come and save humanity. You go and you suddenly you redo this calculation and you realize, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to make it to the crystal of hope in my natural lifespan, let alone, you don't even have to redo the calculation. You can just observe. And it could even just be, oh, we don't understand these rules. I have to say, the thing I've been doing while you've been talking is racking my brain for how we can make this uh, based on the actual rules (laughs) and not (laughs) saying that they're false. I think it can just be an anomaly. I think it can be that whatever you do, you're using some wormhole or something. And whatever you do, your observation contradicts what you assumed would be true. And it can even just be throughout, because you're this physicist, throughout you're kind of redoing the numbers. And at some point something clicks. And like it, it, it can be a good moment of science requires observation not just once again it sounds like you're taking a hard stance against theoretical physics i'm not taking a hard stance 
Um, you actually have to observe the phenomenon. Oh my God. You can't just be thinking all the time. <laughs> you see, do can 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 you work with me here? Can yeah, you... no, sorry. <laughs> I'm on board. The point is, you observe. This is just not the way I thought it would be. And there's something about this anomaly that's different than we expected. It is not, this is not a firm stance against theoretical physics. It's nothing like that. <laughs> it's just that. Something about what they observe from the outside is different from what they observe from the inside of this thing. And it could even be like kind of a hubris story. Like the personality of this character can be very like uh, the character development can be very much them coming to terms with this mistake they made while they're also coming to terms with the kind of horror of realizing that whatever was going to save humanity is so far out of their reach at this point. So it could. So what I was imagining is it's not just relative to earth it's relative to the entire universe their time frame is different than they expected it to be relative to everything their time frame is different than they expected it to be and it's just this like this doesn't make sense to me but like i have to deal with the reality of what it is so the game could be this is not going to happen like there can be a whole section of the game of there can be this denial phase of like the grieving process of this this section where they keep pushing towards this goal and then at some point just need to accept that it that what they're observing is real and reassess and say how do i one solve the problem we set out to solve in the first place and two make it back home and then it's partially an exploration mission game of understanding that you're in this race against time and the game can move at this rapid pace it can just have years going by every play session you kind of are aware that it's like oh that might have been a full year like an hour in the game is like six months in the real world something like or sorry (laughs) (laughs) you're adding in another time stream an hour in the real world is six months in the game right so the gameplay very much reflects this race against time thing and you can see visibly your character going through changes in real time but you're simultaneously while it's also this survival game it's also an exploration game of i need to find a different way of solving this problem and so that's where we demaguffin it and make it not the crystal of hope we find something else that they need to do to solve whatever this problem is but yeah i like that and i i feel like it it leaves open some cool opportunities for like in that denial phase where they're pushing it harder they burn through more of their stores and then they realize maybe the only way for me to make this journey is just to live a really long time and I just have to make sure I can do that because we did not plan on that at all we planned on this being a two-hour trip for me you could do a full Martian thing with this where they're trying to turn this spaceship into a living situation for an entire lifetime right now this is all starting to click for me So first of all, first of all, if you don't make it, then that other person is just waiting their whole life and certain that they did the calculation right. So if you don't make it, if we do just have a lose condition of this game, you have interesting avenues for an ending to this. But second of all, maybe the character makes the decision to build a robot or some type of AI or do something with the ship's AI to kind of make it carry the mission out for you 
So then it does the thing you were saying earlier of like, oh, the problem with this is it removes the stakes for the people on Earth. Because for them, they thought they were getting the solution in 60 years. What they get instead is the next day a robot comes back and says, hey, that person didn't make it. I've solved your problem. That's kind of the end of this game is no matter what, you can't solve this problem by yourself because of that hubris episode where you you just kept pushing. And that's the climax of this game is realizing if I just hadn't spent that time trying to make this work despite seeing what was right in front of me, I would have had time to do this. And instead, this person is, an, is really old on this ship and they just realize that their last ditch effort, because those stakes were lowered, they realize, oh, I can't be the person to deliver this. And they pour their energy not into trying to make it home, but into automating the ship to turn back, go collect the MacGuffin, which hopefully won't be a MacGuffin, and bring it back to Earth. And so it's uh, it's bittersweet. Could I take kind of a big swing here? Um, I feel like this episode has, has not had big enough swings. So yeah, sure, <laughs> go for it. So one of the game ideas I have in my list of game ideas for Game Jelly is a daily game about passing time on a space adventure or on a space a a long space journey which i had been picturing as like you're going to this other planet for whatever reason and sort of each day the player can check in and choose to pass some time in different ways on that journey you can see where i'm going with this my thought is what if we turn this into a daily game where Each day, you maybe spend about like 10 minutes, 15 minutes on this game. And like you're saying, a ton of time is passing within this character's life. So you check in and they're like, I just wrote my first book or whatever. (laughs) And then you're making decisions about how they're solving these big problems that they have to solve. Uh, So yeah, maybe it's automating. Maybe it's coming up with some system for for solving the earth's troubles in a different way if they feel like they won't be able to make it different things like that oh my god keating this is awesome you want to know why i love this so much because because that's just a great idea when you get into the body of the game that's just a beautiful way of playing the game especially if the game forces you to log off that's just really cool like we've never we've never done something like that on game jelly and i really like that Wonder what I love about it is you, the player, can observe day one, everything makes sense. Day two, the realization that something is off about this. So then it's got this kind of trippy time in the real world versus time in the world in the game versus time in the universe versus time on this spaceship. All of these things playing with each other. It's got that bizarreness to it of day one you understand what the mission is and then you're kind of forced to log off because that's part of the game loop is it is a daily game where you log on and you do the things you have to do and then it's energy consult you know it's it's energy conservation on the ship you have to there is nothing left that you're allowed to do then the next day you have it in your mind oh i'm going to play this tomorrow and i'm going to I'm going to continue this this mission. This is going to be really cool. I'm going to be kind of in and out, and I'm going to do this whole thing. The next day is when your character reassesses the whole thing. Right. I'm picturing that, that you get a lot of the information through their journal or, like, space log, and just starting with, like, we made a mistake. 
would be such a wild start to a play session. Yeah. It could even be that day one, normal, day two, I'm observing something a little strange here. It could be, oh, we miscalculated the distance to it. Day three, we didn't miscalculate the distance. We miscalculated everything. It could be interesting to have one of the ways that they figure it out be, so this is another place where I'm kind of hand-waving because I don't really know how light works at this speed, but be that they are generating some imaging system for them to effectively get a video of the rest of the world from these speeds and they see they they, you know suddenly realize that something's off because of that because they start observing the rest of the universe yeah I, i really like the idea of it could be kind of a detail that becomes a crucial plot thing is Oh, and while I'm there, I've always wanted to explore the universe and I'm going to observe these things about the universe. And it's the smallest observations about the universe around you. It's not even about observing the distance to the beacon of hope. It's not about observing anything about the earth. It's about observing something on a planet and realizing that's not how that should be. Like your character's natural curiosity is the first thing that kind of sets them off to this doesn't make sense with the way that we calculated time would work with this rift in space that I'm traveling across. We could make it be that in their initial calculations for the trip, they're making use of some novel phenomena that they have discovered. Like, you know, they're using some sort of like gravity slingshot or something like that in order to get to the place in time to be able to get the thing that they need to get from this journey, just to make it easier to believe that they miscalculated something fundamental because it was this sort of novel phenomenon that they were interacting with yeah 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 that is kind of how i've been picturing it so maybe that's why we had a miscommunication earlier okay that's what i meant by it's an anomaly is they're using an anomaly in space time this is very so so we were talking before recording this is very similar to episode two five stages of digit in that it's kind of our first time since then not bringing an idea. That was a two-hour recording session? Two and a half hour? Oh my god. Yeah. I, I know. And it got boiled down to a 50-minute-ish episode. So I was so nervous bringing this, just kind of not bringing a full idea. I'm, I'm really glad that I, I really like this game, but I have very much the same feeling here that I did by the end of that recording session of, does a listener listening to this understand what's going on in this game right (laughs) the other thing that just occurred to me that i think could be a really cool moment is halfway through this story you know you boot up the game you because it's a daily game i picture it being like a month long or something like that to play the entire game so then on day 15 i think it could be really cool to just have you boot it up and you see the person back on earth breathe a sigh of nervousness and then they like walk away or something like that and then it cuts back to the spaceship and the person you know is super old oh my god can you imagine the tension oh my god because because here's what that puts in the player's mind this person lands their spacecraft crawls out dragging themselves along the ground reaching out to this person who's walking away because they think they're about to have to wait 60 years and the person is stepping away oh my god because that's not what that's not what i'd want to do i think i really like that kind of regardless of what you do the character realizes all i can do at this point is build this ai 
we can save the day. You know, all I can do is build this AI to solve this problem. There is nothing else that will solve this problem. All I can do is make the ship automatically. It can even be just program the existing AI. All I can do is make the ship deliver this automatically. I think that's what it is no matter what. But the tension of imagining seeing this person turn around and start to walk away and just realizing, oh my God, even if they get back there, even if they get back there, they they have no time. You know, this person might be just, they might just not see them because they're not, you know, expecting, yeah. The AI thing also makes me think it would be really cool to make part of the arc of the game be that at the beginning, this ship does have, you know, some sort of AI, really, really limited. It's just uh, doing pre-programmed things. But then over the course of it, you're making that AI more and more intelligent. And so it's kind of also... By the end of it, you start to feel like this is a companion too. So you are in some ways making this ship less lonely. That's just so good. Okay. Okay. I have a thing for like daily games, stuff where it's, you know, you have a finite number of things you're allowed to do in the game. And it's just kind of a meditative day-to-day thing. I love that. And I think a game that does that with these shifts in time frame in the first place as just a core part of the narrative this is really cool to me i also just think we haven't even really talked about just that this person has to accept that this is their life now but we've set them up as someone who's always been curious about space so they're because you're talking about them having this kind of log there's there are very beautiful moments to be had of I have to appreciate what I have, which is the thing I always dreamed of since I was a child. You'd even have it be that, like, you play some of their life beforehand and you see their childhood. You kind of get to see that sudden shift in time frame. You get to feel it. I mean, we don't have to do that. That was just a thought I had is if you got to see that this is what they dreamed of. That's another place where it could be really cool to do that as a flashback where seven days in you get a little clip of this person's childhood uh, and then it cuts to where they are on the ship now. Yeah. The No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The acceptance moment can start with a, they're fighting it, they're fighting it. It's five days in, it's six days in, they're still fighting it. The acceptance moment starts with a flashback and them just realizing, okay, well, yeah, the rest of my days are all out here in space. I'm at the very least, I'm going to survive. I'm going to make it back. And then the ultimate turning point climax of this game is them realizing there's just no way because of how long they spent fighting it. And that's when they turn all the way back. Yeah. All right, who's ready for minigame minute? Woo! <laughs> Woo! Everybody get ready! Woo! Okay. Whole crowd going crazy for <laughs> minigame minute. Uh, you have a timer? I sure do. Starting in three, two, one. Uh, you can tend to the plants on the ship. Nice. Um, I was imagining there are space fishes and you fish off the side. Oh, very good. Um, you can play uh, an instrument on there. Maybe you've got a guitar. Oh, nice. Um, um, um. Uh, okay. Okay. You build a like you build a console to play games you played as a kid. That's extremely good. Oh, uh, you can watch the like two movies you were allowed to bring on this trip. <laughs> 
Um, okay, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, you're playing chess with the AI. Oh, very cool. Oh, and it's getting better over the course. That's so good. Oh, that's um, so good. You, I mean, uh, you're playing cards with it. Uh, that's not actually, probably <laughs> that shouldn't be in there. Um, <laughs> Is, are we not out of time? Two seconds left. Oh. <laughs> I was just preemptively assuming we were out of time because that felt like so many more than we usually get through. Can you hear this song of my alarm? Yes. I want to uh, start uh, studying to this song. That's that's something that I've been thinking about recently. That's horrible. <laughs> Just turn it on. Get the blood <laughs> pumping. <laughs> Here's my personal idea of hell. I have a test tomorrow that I haven't studied for. And I have to study while listening to... One sec. Let me find it. I think I know the one you're going to pick. Really? I'm not sure if you do. I might. I don't know. Wait, this is what you were just playing. I have to... I have to study and listen to... No. Oh, no. Oh, that's... Oh, no. That's deeply discomforting. Okay. That's my that's my alarm for the morning. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, okay. Well, with that rush of the most horrible adrenaline I've felt in my entire life, <laughs> this has been Game Jelly. I'm so sorry to all the people I just scarred by playing that noise out loud. I have uh, such an unpleasant feeling in my body. Go ahead and follow us on social media and check out our other episodes. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend about the show. (laughs) (coughs) Do it for us. (laughs) Oh, that's like anti-ASMR. Okay. Yeah, we will be back in a few weeks. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, folks. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Like we said, the Game Jelly Patreon is real and it is free. Keating has recorded a demo episode of Jar Half Full, which will go up there sometime before our next episode in two weeks. And on top of that, we have slightly longer versions of most episodes. I personally recommend the extended version of episode 2, which had a lot of good content cut for the original release. Our Twitter and Instagram is at game underscore jelly. Thank you to Ruth Demery for producing the show, and to Dylan Lynch for writing and performing our theme music. I also wanted to give a big shout out to friend of the show Elihu Jones, who just released a beautiful, beautiful album called Friday Night. I can't stop listening to it, I highly recommend it, and we've put the link in the episode description. New episode with a new game is coming to you in two weeks. That's Wednesday, April 12th. But until then, stay safe out there. And if you see Albert Einstein anywhere, tell him I'm sorry. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>